0: guys, welcome back to Tap That Easy Podcast. I'm your host, Eric Walters. In this episode, we talk about making wastewater into the fantastic beer. But before we get into that, we actually have a book coming out soon. So be sure to follow us on Instagram at the Arizona Beer Book and check out the website, thearizonabeerbook.com. Yeah, pretty complicated, right? Uh, so that'll help keep you updated on the release date as well as the option to pre-order the book and kind of see what we're up to and check out some amazing things in Arizona beer. The coffee table style book that we're going to be putting out is going to have full page pictures, lots of great often untold stories behind some of your favorite Arizona breweries and Arizona beers. So be sure to check it out, the Arizona Beer Book. If you want to leave a rating and review on iTunes to help us spread the word, please do so. If you do, we'll send you a swag bag and read your review on the show. Like this review is from Honda guy Greg. Just moved from California's central coast and immediately fell in love with a couple of breweries in the valley I've had the opportunity to learn about and enjoy others here in the Phoenix area. Can't wait to visit more in the state, all thanks to this podcast. Dude, that is awesome. That's what it's all about. Really appreciate that, Greg. I'm trying to spread the word on Arizona brews. We've got some really, really good ones. For someone to come from California and say that, that's big. California is, you know, as we know, a huge beer state. So I think we're a pretty badass beer state too. So thank you, Greg, for that. All right, let's get into this episode. So as much of a surprise as it may be, water can be pretty scarce in the desert, right? Crazy. Who would have thought that? <laughs> However, the city of Scottsdale, they're on it. They've got one of the most advanced water treatment systems in the world. They can convert wastewater into water that is really unmatched in its purity. But how do you convince the general public that it's okay to drink recycled wastewater? You make it into beer. So let's tap into One Water Brewing Showcase. All right, so I've been actually waiting for this day for a while. I mean, obviously the event that we're going to talk about is awesome, but to be outside and do a podcast outside, Jim. Thank you for having Walter Station Brewery table open for us.
1: You are welcome. Yeah. <laughs> I love it too. Believe me, I cannot wait to get outdoors.
0: Yes, it is. Uh, it's a beautiful day. We even have some shade here, so this like couldn't go any better. Honestly,
1: kind of how I planned it.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yes. So we have a really cool event uh, that's coming up here. This is going to be what basically it's a it's a ten day event, November eighth through the seventeenth, right? Yes. So, well, let's meet everybody first. So let's start with this this lady here.
2: <laughs> uh, my name's Nicole Sherbert. I'm the public information officer for Scottsdale Water, and we're the municipal water utility for the city of Scottsdale. Excellent. Excellent.
3: Uh, I'm Gina Azima with Scottsdale Public Arts. I'm the operations manager, um, and we manage um, Canal Convergence, uh, which is the big event that you just nice, mentioned.
0: Nice. The 10-day event. Yes. Very excited <laughs> to talk about that. This gentleman.
1: I am Jim Erickson, uh, owner and brewer at Walter Station Brewery. On Washington Street. Washington and
0: Phoenix. In Phoenix. Excellent, excellent. Well, guys, thanks for uh, thanks for letting me be involved with this. I uh, I read the article, um, I think it was AZ Central, uh, about uh, Renhouse House uh, when that came out, and I'm like, I got to get involved with this somehow. So I think I just, I stalked Nicole online, <laughs> I'm like, hey, get me involved, I'm going to do a podcast about this. So thank you. Thank you for getting get me involved.
2: <laughs> well, thank you for reaching out. Yeah. So I, do you want me to start with a little bit of background of what started this entire process?
0: Yes, because... You, when I when we first met, you took me on a tour of the the mystery um, building north of the 101. Everyone's like, "What is that up there?" I'm like. I don't know if they give out tours, but you got to call them and ask. Ask Nicole for a tour that blew me away. So yes, a little background about what you guys do.
2: It is. It's an impressive facility, and folks do see it if they're driving on the one hundred and one up north, just just um, just north of Pima, and it's our Scottsdale Water Campus. The Water Campus actually houses several different things. It does have our seventy million gallon a day drinking water facility, which serves most of the drinking water for the city of Scottsdale. Um, but what people don't realize that's up there, which is really kind of our flagship. Um, arena, if you will, that makes us very well known worldwide, is it's one of the most advanced recycled water facilities in the world. Uh, We process about 20 million gallons a day that goes through our regular reclamation facility. And cities all over the country have regular reclamation facilities. They use that reclamation water um, to water parks, to any kind of outside irrigation, and folks are familiar with that. Yeah. But what Scottsdale also has is we have what's called an Advanced Water Treatment Facility. And our Advanced Water Treatment Facility celebrated its 20th anniversary last year, which is truly remarkable. Yeah. What happens at, we call it the AWT, so for future reference. If you're uh, cool, if you yeah, cool kids. Yeah. If, you're, if, if you're a cool water kid, you <laughs> yeah. know what an AWT is, yeah. but if you're not. Um, so an AWT is an Advanced Water Treatment Facility. That means that we're taking water that's already been Reclaimed, it's already been treated once, and then we're treating it to ultra pure standards. The water that's coming out of our AWT is so clean that it exceeds bottled water quality standards. And we've been doing that for 20 years, which is really remarkable. Um, and what we've been doing for the last 20 years is we've been doing what's called indirect potable recharge. We've been taking that water and we treat it to these ultra pure standards and we put it back down into the aquifer, which is underneath underneath Scottsdale. Yeah. Um, we have put 70 billion gallons of water into the aquifer over the last 20 years, uh, which is great. for I mean, our long-term water sustainability in Scottsdale is really ensured because of this indirect potable recharge. Um, but up until last Last year, that's all we could do with. We could do that and we could obviously use it for irrigation as well. Yeah. Um, but we couldn't use it for direct drinking water. There was a, a stated prohibition in state statute that said you can't use recycled water for potable, for human consumption. Direct home, human consumption, excuse me. Okay. Um, but they changed that last year. In changing it though, they didn't really establish. Okay, well now you can do it, but how do you do it?
0: Yeah, <laughs> um, it's like they t- they they took the the ban off of it, and then it's like figure it out, figure it point. out. So <laughs> yeah. they told
2: you know basically the rest of the state of Arizona. Okay, you can do it. You just got to figure out how. Yeah. Um, but since we had been doing it for twenty years, the uh, Arizona Department of Environmental Quality came to Scottsdale and said, okay you all have this amazing facility here. How do we use this to make a blueprint, to make a model for other cities moving forward who might need to use this as a long-term water supply? Um, You make this water that is so ultra pure and you're recycling, we recycle everything. Yeah. Why not recycle water?
0: Sure, yeah. So most important thing, right? Yeah. <laughs> it yeah,
2: it is. It is kind of the most important thing, yeah. really. At the yeah. end of the day. Yep. Um, so we were able to work for about a year and a half to work through this permit process with ADEQ, and we have our, our permit. We were issued our permit. Yeah. And it's a pretty landmark achievement. It's a landmark achievement not only in Arizona, but really we're we're the third in the nation. I could argue a little bit that we're the first in the nation of our kind. But I vote
0: for the first for you guys. Yeah. Well,
2: because we're the only place that you can go and you can actually drink it directly out of the drinking water, out of the um, drinking fountain. You had some.
0: Oh, I did. Yes, yes. That was How like did a, it that taste? was like a, that was fantastic. It yeah. tastes
2: just like ice cold bottled water. I
0: wanted to go to my car and get my water bottle so I could just like fill it up, (laughs) get all of them. My wife would love that. She's like a water connoisseur. So she was a little jealous.
2: (laughs) So to get back, to get myself back on track, and I apologize, I tend to get long-winded because it's exciting for me. This is exciting Um,
0: though. Yeah. to Share, please. So
2: when we started to start the permit process about a year and a half ago, I went to my boss and I said, well, this is amazing. And we're doing this. And while they're working through that process, could we possibly, you know, make some beer do some kind of other fun <laughs> festival to, to help change that public perception? And he said, sure, go ahead. So I did the absolute logical thing and worked and reached out to the biggest arts event that we have in in Scottsdale, probably, I'm uh, not probably, the biggest event that we have in Scottsdale, and certainly the most sustainable event that we have in Scottsdale, and that's at Canal Convergence. Gotcha. And I'll, I'll let Gina certainly speak more to Canal Convergence itself, um, but it was just such a logical explanation of, okay, so we, we can make water, we can reach out to breweries to make beer with that water, and then we need to reach out with an incredible sustainable event that can actually help us put on this beer event um, that really helps us towards changing that public perception about recycled water. Because I can talk to you to the ends of the earth about how clean this water is. But at the end of the day, 12 hours previous, it came from somebody's sink or somebody's dishwasher or somebody's um, washing machine or something else in somebody's house. (laughs) So public perception was a big issue. And that's how we got to where we are.
0: Yeah. Well, let me ask you this, too, before we get into Canal Convergence. So you guys were... Scottsdale water was very innovative before it was cool to innovate. Is that, is that a good way to put it? Right. Like where there were places where like, Hey, look at what we did. And it's was like, well, we did that. 15, 20 years ago.
2: Yeah, we're totally the cool kids. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. and we've been the cool kids for almost 30 years. Yeah. And we do find that. We find that with a lot of things in Scottsdale, but especially with our recycled water facility. We have people who come from all over the world to tour our facility because people are really looking now at understanding the fact that this is a resource that we have to reuse. Water is absolutely um, it is so important and it's something that we have to reuse. And so we have, we have. I'm not gonna throw anybody under the bus. There are certainly cities who are now going, look at what we're doing, look at what we're doing. And we're going, yeah, we just had our 20th anniversary of doing that. <laughs> yeah. We're on to the next phase. <laughs> yeah. um, but we really don't do that because what we look at is, is that you know, all joking aside and everything else aside, what really happened in Scottsdale is that we had incredible leadership that goes back 30 years at least, and then some. But 30 years ago, our, the people of Scottsdale, the leadership of Scottsdale, said, you know what, we're going to invest in this technology. We are going to absolutely future-proof what we're doing so that we can be ahead of the game, so that we don't find ourselves in a water crisis later. We can continue yeah. to thrive as a city. We can continue to thrive as a, as a regional hub. And that's because of this water campus. So we are more than happy that not only that we did it, but also to just continue to use ourselves as a model to get other people to come and Visit our facility um, to understand. And when I say people to visit our facility, we really mean industry folks. Sure, um, yeah. we host people from all over the world who come and tour our facility. Um, Kenya, Israel. Uh, we had a group from Iraq, from Morocco, all in the last six months, we've had these folks in there. Um, and they are people who come from literally all over the world to better understand how can we maximize our water resources uh, for the future. Yeah. So yeah, we've been doing it for a long time. And we continue. that doesn't mean we can stop and rest on our laurels. It means that we have to continue to take that investment, take the knowledge that we've learned and keep investing that for the future yeah. and and keep helping to spread that globally so that other people can can learn from our, our lessons, from our mistakes, from um, all of our research and continue to move that forward.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, and, and we talked about this before too. It's like it's reassuring that not only you guys are doing it, but people from around the world are saying, "Hey, we need to look at this." Because everywhere you look, it's like, "Ah, oh, the world's ending tomorrow." You know, <laughs> better, better go get your, you know, get your toilet paper. Uh, but it's it's reassuring <laughs> to know that there are a bunch of people who have you know the you know the capabilities to to reverse this, I guess, or or do something about this this. It could be a crisis if it's not already in some places.
2: Oh, in some places it already is. Yeah. And it is not, I will remind us, that here it is not. Yeah. Um, that's important to note. You know, people do tend to think that the sky is falling. Yeah. So as long as, because we have been doing so much conservation, so much water reuse for so many years, in Scottsdale especially, but really in the Valley as a whole, um, that we are a very, very sustainable community when it comes to water. Um, but at the same time, we have to keep moving forward. We have yeah. to keep looking at other options. So. Yeah, yeah, we're in good shape water-wise, but there are places that are not in as good of shape. And there are places that are really going to have to look at how do we use recycled water? You know, we re- yeah. like I said before, we recycle other things and we don't think anything of it. Um, but how can we look at recycled water? and? Yes, they can look at us for the treatment technology. They can look at us um, for the testing protocol, because those are the two things that are so very important is treatment and testing. And to make sure that not only are you treating the water, but that you're continually monitoring that water to ensure that it is still safe for, you know, obviously public safety is our, public health is our biggest concern. Sure. Um, But then also we have this public perception issue is that there are cities here in Scottsdale, we don't need to use it right now for our permanent water source. We are already maximizing 100% of our recycled water, but there are cities who are absolutely going to need to look at using recycled water for a potable water source. And what we want to be able to do is help people to understand that that's okay. Yeah. As long as they're meeting the treatment treatment and the testing, this water is perfectly safe for human consumption and that people should learn to embrace it, to learn to embrace the fact that we're, you know, we live in the desert. Yeah, you can't use water just once. <laughs> right, water right. is way too precious to use just one time. You need yep. to continue to reuse that water resource.
0: Yep, and, and it's like that pu- public perception. Like you said, it's like, oh, this is uh, you know recycled water. It's like, eh, but it's beer now. Okay, cool. I'll try that. <laughs> 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 yeah. So, so this this event canal convergence. This is this is. I mean, on the website, it just says the story of water. Right. I mean, that's pretty straightforward this is what this oh, the whole event's focused around right
3: uh so this year's focus and the theme is the story of water gotcha. um, okay. just because we have started to focus a lot more on um the sustainability for our event in its entirety this includes from the artwork down um to our you know, our attendees experience. Um, So the story of water actually came about um, about a year ago um, when we started to focus on what was going on in our community. And that included a lot of changes um, in regards to um, what was going on with Scottsdale um, Waters um, technology, um, as well as um, just public, you know, public consumption at the time. Um, And so that's kind of what we decided to focus on this year. Yeah
0: said nice. 10 days. That's a... Uh
3: well, so just to give you a little bit of background on what canal convergence has morphed into um, back in 2012 um, we originally were approached by SRP um, and the city of Scottsdale to kind of beautify the Scottsdale waterfront which is not a, which at the time was not as developed as it is now
0: how long ago was this you said
3: 2012
0: okay, okay yeah. Gotcha. yeah so
3: um, what ended up happening was um, we they drained the canal to make repairs and things like that um, so at the time it was only a few days um, and then it kind of morphed into four days in February. Um, and then as of last year, we went to a full 10 days wow. of, um, the artwork being on display and programming for the full 10 days. Uh, so it was kind of a whirlwind last year, um, cause we had two huge events in one year. Yeah. Um, um, but we were able to expand, um, and obviously keep the artwork up longer, um, past those initial four days.
0: Yeah, very nice. So, mm-hmm. so I, I was kind of looking through. There's so many cool things. I mean, because there's music, there's dance, there's art, there's speakers. Um, there was one thing. It was the, what is the orb? the uh, Squid soup. Squid Soup's digital.
3: Right. I don't even
0: know. I was trying to figure it out. I'm like, what is this? Like, are are these lasers? Are they like? Yeah. Yeah." So that's really cool. uh,
3: Squid Soup um, is an artist um, that has previously come to Scottsdale. They've actually um, were displayed in uh, the Scottsdale Museum of Contemporary Art. So every year we choose um, a highlighted artist um, to come in, kind of create the landmarker piece um, for the for the waterfront so last year was uh choi and shine which was the volunteer 150 volunteers crocheted um the piece that was out um above the water and then before that was um poetic kinetics with reflection rising um so this year we brought squid Suit back um to commission them to do a massive installation out at the waterfront um where it is a light-based um piece that hangs down um and is affected by um the wind it's affected by people touching the orbs um and each and Individual orb has technology in it um, that creates a light show coming through wow. Um it's a beautiful piece yeah, yeah so
0: that sounds pretty amazing yeah, right in the, in this event's free right like it's, there's different things that 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 you pay for like mm-hmm. speaker like going to see speakers and stuff right. but the event itself is free
3: the, it's free and open to the public so yeah. you can see the artwork at no nice. cost to you and um, we have a few workshops um, that are exclusive um, so there is a nominal fee for that um, and then of course we charge for the beer so uh, um, the beer, the beer.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
3: um, but then we we have um, great local food vendors um, on site, um, as well as our local breweries um, participating as well.
0: Yeah. yeah, excellent. So that brings in Jim, the beer guy.
1: <laughs> Speaking of breweries, right? Yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah. So uh, Nicole was saying, uh, so the last time we met, she said that you uh, right away jumped on this, like you you loved the idea behind this.
1: Uh, and I was late to the party. Um, okay. I think there was five or six that had already signed up in front of me, okay, four okay yeah. um, <clears throat> as soon as I heard it yeah, I mean without question i didn 't didn't didn 't uh, didn't even think about it. Um, water is obviously if you think about beer, water is the main ingredient, uh, and we are producing a beverage that is ninety five percent or better water, yeah, so for us to be able to have that resource in the future. Um, Isn't just nice and fun. It's crucial to what (laughs) we have to do uh, to be able to run our business. Um, So to get involved in a uh, in an event that will help spotlight uh, and promote uh, recycling water was a no brainer. Yeah, easy. Yeah.
0: Well, it's in from what I've heard from um, from what you were saying with the water so pure, like it's basically it's like at zero. Pretty much, right, and that so it
1: gives you guys that empty palette from the beginning to kind of do what you want. Yeah, when we saw the lab report that came through, you know, when the water was delivered, and you know, I get a three-page report on this water, you know, and you're you're used to looking at water reports, um, you see a lot of stuff in them. Without, okay. <laughs> you know, that's my technical term because I'm sure. not a water chemist. Yeah, <laughs> um, but uh, you, you see all sorts of different levels. <clears throat> And uh, the fun part about this is we started looking through the flipping through the pages and it 's just zero zero point zero 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 point zero zero you know yeah. uh, throughout I mean it is ridiculously clean water uh, so yes it's a, uh, it 's a water that we can use we do have to build up a little bit of mineral profile in it because what we 're trying to do is match specific water styles when we 're brewing beer Okay. if we 're brewing a Dortmund lager, we want to use a water profile that resembles you know water from Dortmund, Germany. <clears throat> um, and so on and so forth. So uh, we always try to build up our water, but but this water was just so pure to, to begin with. It was great. We didn't have to do anything in to it other than just start adding our minerals to it. Yeah. No cleaning what required whatsoever. Nice. And we have an on-site uh, nanofiltration process here that we use with the city water that we get, uh, which we have to have because uh, what we get um, just from the city Uh, has to be treated before we can use it there's levels of chlorine and um, uh, a variety of other things that uh, we have to filter out before we can even start to build it up gotcha gotcha so
0: i love the idea was it a little bit like a little bit selfish you're like i want to make beer out of this you like well, beer.
2: <laughs> I do like beer. Well, and I'll, we'll we'll get on to the fact that so Gina and I have been so once we decide that we want to do this, yeah. Um, yes, Gina and I went about you know how do we get breweries on board, and and we did have we had a, a few that were just right away were, were initially absolutely on board, and there were some others that were a little concerned about well, you know I don't know there's a little bit of a public perception issue on this. Um, do we really want to dive into this? And so Gina and I went about on on a tour of of meeting with a lot of different breweries. Jim was absolutely, Jim with Walter Station, who's, who's on here with us right now, obviously, um, was absolutely instrumental in helping yeah. us to reach out to some of the other breweries as well. Um, but yeah, Gina and I did get to the point where we realized at one point we had visited a whole lot of breweries and not had a single beer. Oh, so, I, I,
0: I thought that that's what you're getting at. Like no, we doing were doing research. Right, we <laughs> do you really believe that? <laughs> no, I don't, I don't, I don't believe it. <laughs>
3: You know? <laughs> it's working out. It's nice lot of, a lot of pub food. I will say it was so much
2: pub food. And yeah. there is, let me tell you, it's, it, the beer is amazing, but the food might be right there as well. So There's beer. some
0: great food at, at some breweries. Yeah, so Saffron Jack right here.
2: Oh, yeah. The best.
0: Love them. Yeah, yeah it's a good in-house thing to have, Jim. <laughs> Thumbs up to that.
3: And we... Uh, Now, I will mention, too, that when we started discussing about the placement, you know, we're just a venue, really, for this opportunity. Um, But what our event provides is a unique... Um, an exclusive avenue or platform for these breweries just because they're they're used to beer festivals and things like that and that's not really what we do so they're really highlighted and that was a big push for us because it's all about them it's all about the water and what they've created for us um, and the people attending so that was a huge push as well i
2: think that's that's a a great point is that we really want to focus on two things when it comes to this at this point obviously from my perspective because this is what I do for a living is I want people to understand the quality of the water I want people to understand how pure this water is Um, but we also want folks to understand the impact that the breweries have had in helping us to spread that message we've really found that Um, Not only have the breweries in themselves been great partners, but the entire concept of of breweries as pubs as public houses that folks that we want people to, even if you can't make it out to Canal Convergence, which obviously we hope you will, that almost all of these breweries to to my. At this point, we're still working out the final logistics of it, um, but they'll have these these beers on tap at their breweries themselves. And we encourage people to go to those breweries. Um, Ask for it. Try it. Talk about it. We're going to have those water quality reports available at each one of the breweries so they can look through it. They can understand it. Because, well, everything about this, it's going to be such an amazing event. I'm so excited about it. As Gina said, it's just the amount of art and music and everything else. And, again, you mentioned it, the weather. You're going to be outside in November in, in Scottsdale. It doesn't yeah. get much better than that.
0: really doesn't. No. Um,
2: so, yeah, the only thing that makes, so you're going to have, let's see, you're going to have outside in November in Scottsdale, art on the waterfront and craft made beer that you can go and sip on while you're walking around all the different art venues. Yeah, it, it really doesn't get much of a better afternoon or evening than that.
0: No, no, I, you guys haven't. Go. Just go. Put it on
1: your calendar right now. Yeah.
0: <laughs> the, whole, the whole 10 days.
1: <laughs> Last year was my first year, and I thought it was fantastic. It really yeah. was. And just walking up and down, seeing all the installations and the people sort of enjoying themselves. Uh, you know, even the fire show, which was really cool, right, because that's our sister company. And then getting down to taste beers and listen to the bands that you guys had playing. I mean, it's a really sort of... Uh, all-encompassing event it really appeals i think to a lot of different demographics or age groups i should say yeah
0: well and i think it's really cool that um so i don't have much experience outside of the the arizona market with beer but uh in arizona there's so much uh you know with sanagua malt and and with this and there was the az brew challenge a couple years ago that people like beer is Craft beer here in Arizona is getting involved with some really huge causes. You know, I mean, preserving water to the Verde River. You know, awareness for for recycled water. It's it's really cool to see uh, the breweries get behind this and and spearhead these things.
2: What we've really, what I really looked for at the beginning when we started this and. When I actually approached all of the breweries was to reach out to them to be ambassadors. We need ambassadors for water. We need people to understand and take that message. It's one thing. So, we brought all of the breweries in to tour the water campus. Yeah. So they've walked through it. You've been through it. Yeah. Jim's been through it.
1: That was fun. That's impressive, right? It was fun. Yeah. <laughs> if you you know if you like any type of engineering or Geekiness at all like that, you will love that tour.
0: Yeah, I I was like I didn't I didn't even know that I ever wanted to tour a water facility, but after I met, like I was awesome. Like I was really, I was telling my wife, she's like. All right, is that cool? I'm like, it was cool. Well, and this
2: is, and that is why we don't open it up for public tours because, quite honestly, it is a it's a homeland security facility. Obviously, because it is, it's water related, so it is a it is a secure facility, and we don't we don't offer public tours. Um, So I want to make sure that we state that so that (laughs) people don't start storming the gates. Um, But we do we we do have public events. Every once in a while that we can bring people in so that we can continue to communicate that, but obviously we have a huge job that goes on there as well, and a huge secure job that goes on there. Um, but when we do bring people in it 's on those situations it's so that we can explain to them and what we the reason that we wanted to bring the brewers in to tour it was so that when they have folks come and when, when people come into Walter Station and they sit down and they ask Jim, like, you really want me to drink this beer made from recycled water, yeah. that he can be that ambassador for us. He can say, I have been to this facility. Let me tell you about it. Yeah. And that's what we need to continue to do is that we can't reach everybody, but we can continue to to convince people through education, through transparency, that recycled water could be the future, and yeah. that for certain communities around the world, recycled water will have to be the future. Yeah. And so, yes, this is one small step, but it is one small step to take these breweries, to bring them in, to bring the brewers, to bring the owners, to bring um, to bring you in, to yeah. bring folks in who can then go and spread that message that says, look, this is incredible, you should really look at it. And then at the end of the day, we do have all of those things to back it up, the water quality reports um, we can give them certain engineering information so people who are still not 100% convinced can then look at the facts as well Um, so that was really why we wanted the breweries to be brought in and I could just not be more convinced that we were right in that decision because the brewers have been such great ambassadors already and the brewer, the beer isn't even done yet. So (laughs) I think once that beer is done and we really have people (laughs) drinking it and people hope hopefully flocking to not only canal convergence, but to these 10 breweries to go and taste that beer themselves and say, Hey, I drank beer made with recycled water and it was awesome. Yeah. Um, That's what our goal is.
0: Yeah. Well, I think the, um, so Saddle Mountain just won their third gold medal for that Scotch Ale, right? They did, yeah. Three. What an amazing feat! Unprecedented, right? Right, really. I mean, I I don't know if it, there's been a brewery in Arizona that has won gold three years in a row. I don't think there is. And that was spawned by the AZ Brew Challenge. Like that was their beer that they made with that that pure water from. I, I can't remember the organization that did it, but um, so it's like huge things beyond just the awareness aspect i mean if, if you want to be selfish and say i just care about the beer all right well you get great beer out of it you know but there's a much bigger cause that just i think amplifies the awesomeness of it i guess for lack of a better term awesomeness
2: well, <laughs> anytime you use the word awesomeness and scott Stillwater water in the same sentence i'm totally on board. Here. all right
0: cool cool all right good i think that might be the name of this episode then just you know,
1: once one quick second about um getting a beer into GABF and winning, which is difficult on its own. Uh, but what your this beer is going through is being passed through, I don't know how many judges, but these are BJCP, this Beer Judge Certification Program, right? These guys are trained, okay, to look for anything whatsoever. And if there was any impurities, if there was anything wrong with this, uh, even starting at the water, uh, they'd find it. Yeah. I mean, that's what they're trained to do. And the fact that not only did they not find anything, but they promoted this beer all the way to the final table. And ultimately, a gold medal uh, speaks uh, volumes to being able to use recycled water in beer and for, of course, other potable uses. It's crazy. Yeah, it is. Best Scotch Ale in the country, really. Is, I mean, world? Is it world? GIBF. I mean, I know it's... Uh, no, it's... It's a great American beer fest, so it's all American entries. That beer that's was cool. entered in the World Beer Cup the okay. same year that it won the first gold, yeah. and I believe it won a silver in that gotcha. category, so that was worldwide. That's pretty. That's
0: that's <laughs> very impressive. Yes. Very impressive. Great beer, too. I'm not usually a Scotch Ale um, type of guy. I think I told you this before, and then you made me try yours, and I really liked yours, too. So maybe I am. I don't know. I'm, I'm talking myself in circles here. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so you have 10 breweries on at this point.
2: We have eleven. Kind of... We have eleven breweries okay. um, because we do have one that's doing a collaboration. So oh, gotcha. we have. Okay. Um, so I. Do you want me to go through all the breweries?
0: If you, or it's, is it on the website as well? Do you know all the breweries? Oh God! Is well, a- I have Gina
2: <laughs> between Gina and I. combined, I all bet right. we can do it. Okay. So,
3: so Desert Monks, Fate Brewing, Flying Basset, Freakin' Brewery, with Dubina Brewing Co., Mother Bunch Brewing, North Mountain, Oso, Uncle Bear's, Walter Station, and Ren House.
0: Beautiful. That's a good list. That is. That is a very good, wonderful list. Yes. list. All good breweries. They really mm-hmm. are. Yeah.
2: And I will tell you, just on top of that, that I did. I finally have back from. Not finally, but I have back from all 10 breweries which beers they're doing. And it's an amazing combination of, I mean, it's it's all over the board. Nice. So, so we did,
0: did not just a bunch of IPAs? Or, no. Yeah.
2: No, it isn't. And I should have brought that final list, but I've still kind of been, things have been pouring in this week because I just asked for them uh, late last week because we wanted to wait for everybody to start brewing and to decide what they were doing. And we're going to break up which night. Uh, we're going to have a pretty amazing group for each night yeah, so i will mention
3: nice. that uh we will have five breweries on the 8th and then five different breweries on the 9th okay I was so those, ask are, about that. those yep. are the two days that the main focus are completely on the breweries only so excellent where it
1: should be yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but how will they be set up like how will they just be kind of just in, in like a food area like how, how does
3: so they are actually going to be in our beer and wine garden which okay. is um located directly on solary plaza Okay. Um, which is a permanent um, installation at the Scottsdale Waterfront. Um, but during that time, we also have our Solari Stage, uh, which is where all the bands play. Um, and then we will actually have two installations on that site. Uh, that will include um, Cumulus Connection as well as Solary Solaser. Wow, that's uh, Yes, a, that's which a is twister. fantastic, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but we're super excited. We're actually going to keep um, water uh, you know, so we're keeping Nicole's booth next to all the breweries. Um, so they're, that'll be a big hub in our beer and wine garden.
2: And That's and cool. that'll be a key factor, too. So we do have, so we have all five of the breweries will be, each night will be set up. And then next to that, we are going to have a large tent as well that will be, um, I, I will certainly be there or, or running around helping Gina when <laughs> Gina tells me what to do on that <laughs> night because Gina's, Gina's in charge. Um, but we will have our water quality director. We will also have somebody from our treatment side at all times in that tent. Uh, we'll also have some animations that are video animations that explain the water technology process. We will have some cutaways of a re- of a large reverse osmosis. You know, folks think. I have an RO under my under my counter in my kitchen. I, I know exactly what our RO is. Well, yeah. you don't know what our RO is. We put, <laughs> yeah. we put 20 million gallons of water through RO. It's a little yeah. bit different than what people <laughs> put through at the bottom of their sink.
0: And I complain about like spending $60 for a filter that's or the membrane or whatever. <laughs> that's nothing for, for your guys' yeah. guys. Our membranes
2: <laughs> are a little more than that. <laughs> yeah. um, but, so we have to take a little bit better care of them than you probably sure. do as yeah. well. Yeah. So we will have folks on hand. Um, and so that'll be great. So not only can you get a beer and you can listen to that, but... but but even those folks who, whether you're on the fence or not on the fence, it's just because, like I said, we don't offer tours to our water campus facility. We will be able to at least kind of virtually take people through it where they can sure. look at big pictures of what it looks like. Yeah. They can look at some cutouts of some of those um those treatment technologies that we have there and then they can speak to and we are going to have director levels so you know you could ask me any technical question you want and i could fake it but i don't necessarily know the answers (laughs) Um, but the folks who will be there on both friday and saturday night will absolutely be able to answer those questions yeah so i think that's a great way we're just again this is an education event it's it's a beer it's an arts event, and it is education, and it is public perception that we're trying to work through. Um, so anybody has any questions about it, if they're still not 100% convinced, they can come and they can ask those questions directly to from the experts.
0: Excellent. I say you might open up Pandora's box with that, Nicole. Yeah. And I'm sure
2: that our, you know, because those folks don't necessarily like being in front of the scenes. They so like working in the facility. Yeah. So I'm sure they'll be thrilled like, when they oh, hear this. Oh,
3: Nicole,
0: what are you doing? Yeah. And, our, and
3: the breweries participating um, also have all that face to face time with our attendees. And they might not seem as thrilled about it, but I think it's a great opportunity to talk about what they've done and what they've created. And
1: Oh, I. Couldn't agree more. It's, it's exactly why we're there. Um, if, if we have, you know, if that gives us an opportunity, at customer or, or consumer engagement, uh, we'll jump all over it. Um, it's a good cause. That's, we're participating in it, Just not just for the fun of it. We're doing it because there's, there's a variety of reasons behind it. Uh, and if we can get in front of these people and talk this through with them and explain to them, uh, you know, what we're doing, <clears throat> we're all in. Uh, absolutely. We couldn't. Uh, I, I think it's a great opportunity being down on the waterfront during those times. And for us, it's a really good event. Uh, and and uh, looking forward to it.
0: Yeah. And, and are, so are the breweries having just the beer that they made or are they can have a couple other beers? Just just the? That's it. I like it. And I like it. Yeah.
2: As far as we could tell, and let me tell you, I have researched to the as, as much as I possibly could. We are, as far as we know, we'll put that disclaimer on that, the world's only um, beer festival that will only be serving beer made with recycled water. Wow. So if you yeah. come to Canal Convergence on February 8th and 9th and you want to get a beer, it'll be made with recycled water.
0: Yeah. I like that, though. I, I, I like that. And, and it, it really helps, too. Like you said, you got that list. You were probably leaving it up to, to Fate. To, not Fate Brewery, but Fate, you know. Uh, <laughs> uh, to, all right. I hope there's a range of beers, right? If someone's like, oh, I just drink stouts. So these are all IPAs. Like with their stouts over there. They yeah. got the stout. They you have
3: the- you will be able to have the opportunity to buy a full size beer or you can buy a flight, uh, which we will have available where you can sample all five breweries present that night.
0: Nice. I like that. I was gonna ask about that. Okay. So you can you can have a beer and walk around with it, or yep. you have to stay within the gardens. Yeah,
3: we have a we've expanded um, our beer and wine garden to include a Solari Plaza as well as a portion of the north side of the canal, um, which includes squid soup installation, um, water-like graffiti as well. Um, So, yeah, we're super excited about that expansion.
2: And I wish this wasn't a podcast, because you should have seen Jim's eyes just open up when he realized that the size of the the beer garden was expanded. Yeah.
1: (laughs) You know, for us, um, that was an interesting point you just made, Gina, because, um, you know, when people have a chance to sort of move around, beer is very social, as we all know. And one of the reasons that we're doing this... Uh, but beer is very, so- very social, and uh, if people have a chance, especially at the Scottsdale waterfront, where there is so much going on that evening, uh, to be able to just not stand in front of a beer tent listening to a you know brewer like me for hours on end, getting my beer geek on, <laughs> but being able to walk around a little bit and experience everything while they're doing it is just adds to it. Yeah, Jim, what are you making? Uh, can I tell? Sure, I can. Absolutely. What? Yeah, uh, I'm. I'm I thought about this for a while, and I was going to make something um, that was sort of big and bold, and I just wanted to sort of show off all sorts of flavors that could be created using uh, recycled water, uh, and then I had sort of a change of heart. Um, I decided instead to go with something that was lighter, and I thought, you know, you can mask a lot of things in a big, bold beer with lots of malty flavors and tons of hops, so I have chosen an American Pale Ale, nice. sort of middle of the road. Um, Still have a chance or an opportunity at a lot of flavors, but uh, still pale enough, still light enough uh, that we can show just how clean and clear the beer is. You know, we can sort of show off what it looks like, uh, not just the flavors, but what it really looks like. And, you know, and and visually, you know, most people are sort of visual learners. Uh, They'll be able to look at this beer and they'll be able to see the clarity in in it. And uh, I think that will add to the experience. So I'm making an American Pale Ale called Americano. Uh, it is almost a single hop beer, so there's not a lot of hops in it. Uh, but it'll be a lightly, uh, lightly hopped American pale ale with uh, sort of melon and peach and uh, uh, sort of uh, coconut notes to it. It's it's very interesting, very light, very easy to drink. Nice. And can you talk about the the hop that you're using? You were telling me about it earlier. I can. Yeah. Um, Okay, now we are getting our beer key going. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the, the main hop in this beer is uh, from Yakima Chief called uh, Sabro. And Sabro, they started cultivating a few years ago. Sabro is a is a uh, strain of a, a hop called Neo-Mexicanus, which is one of the only Native American hops that's, that's out there. Um, and it's found up in the mountains near Taos, New Mexico. Uh, at least the strain we're using is. And it's been cultivated now, so it's available for brewers. Uh, and, again, it, uh, it it creates these very light and positive notes of stone fruit, melon, peach, pear, things like that. Yeah. It's very unique. It's, very, it's, it's unique because we don't find that type of complexity uh, in most of the hops that we use. So this hop is a little special. It's very difficult to get a hold of. In fact, this is the first year. Uh, this is the first time I'm ever able to make this recipe because I couldn't even get my hands on this hop Wow for the past six or seven months and I finally just managed to get a few pounds of it that I could use for this Nice, and how are you liking the way it's turning out? I'm loving yeah. it. I'm <laughs> loving it. It's, it's it, good man. It's it, not even
0: finished you let me taste it. I was like, you wow. know It's a
1: beer I've made in the past uh, Americano was a pale ale and I've used this hop when it was an experimental stage Um And, you know, I've always gotten good feedback from it. Everybody really seems to like it. Um, So I was really anxious when I opened a brewery, right? Really anxious to get that one because it was one of the best received beers that I had made uh, up to that point. And uh, I couldn't make it. I couldn't make it because I couldn't get the hops. And yeah. I, I tried a couple of hops that were supposed to be very close to it, and that did not work out at all. No, no. It wasn't the same thing. So uh, yeah. this is the first time we actually get a chance to make Americano. It's one of my favorite styles of beer. Uh, I think if a brewery can make a good pale ale, right? Yeah. They can, sort of showing off their, sure. their ability to do what they can do instead of making you know IPAs just eh, covered up with hops, right? Yeah, yeah. We're not doing that here. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, instead, we're going to just let the water and the quality of the ingredients shine through. Nice. Nice. Excellent. Well,
0: I was impressed. So hopefully you and just continue to make right that. Now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so where can people find the information, uh, the Canal Convergence? So yeah, if you website?
3: go to canalconvergence.com okay. um, and you're going to click on um, our menu and you go to the sustainability, you'll see a link to the One Water Brewer Showcase.
0: So there are, there's a benefit also that keeps this thing going for next year right how what is tell me about that
3: so the breweries who have so graciously donated uh, their time and their beer um, actually goes to um, us fundraising for our nonprofit, um, which is Scottsdale Arts as a whole that's our parent company um, and uh, for next year's Canal Convergence so that gets us on the path to bringing some more fantastic art to next year's event.
0: Win, win, win. Like, How many wins are there? That's just all around. So don't go to the Scottsdale Water Facility. It's not an open house, right?
2: (laughs) No, it is not an open house facility. (laughs) Um, But you can go to Scottsdaleaz.gov. Okay. And if you search recycled water, then you can get more information about the the actual process there. Uh, We do have the animations online there so that people can get more information about the recycled water
3: itself.
1: Excellent. Okay, cool.
3: Yeah. And we always encourage you to go to... The breweries that are participating.
1: Yes. Yeah. You know, <clears throat> once this beer is made, um, we'll have this on tap at the uh, at the tap room, as I suspect all the breweries will do. Yeah. Uh, and you know, we'll put it on our regular rotating or our regular tap list uh, as long as it lasts. And uh, you know, we'll continue even past the event. We'll continue to uh, promote it and uh, educate people as they come in. You know, the real trick is: is do we tell them? Before or after they have had a, their first sip, right? You know, yeah, that's true. You yeah, want to yeah. Do that, right. So <laughs> that's I, you true. tell somebody ahead of time or not? But no, we'll tell them ahead of time what's going on because uh, there's just so many positive things around it. So we're gonna have it in the tap room, and I and Excellent. again I suspect everybody else would as well.
2: Nice. And that actually does kind of speak to it a little bit is that we technically this water is potable water. At the end of the day, it's yeah. it's qualified as potable water. Um, it's cleaner than most potable water that you're going to be drinking, whether that's bottled water or tap water or anything else. Um, But we do want to continue. We have had custom tap handles made that should be arriving soon that we'll be delivering to the breweries um, that will have not only the One Water Brewing Showcase logo on them, but it will say on the top, uh, brewed with purified recycled water. And we want to continue getting that message out there. We don't have to put that on there. We want to put that on there so that it gets that conversation started so that when people go and then, again, they go to that, go to those tap houses, go to your breweries, go to those restaurants. Um, and, and learn from it and have yeah. that kind of public conversation around, well, would you drink recycled water? Well, no, I wouldn't. Well, okay. Maybe I would, yeah. you know, <laughs> right. cause I am right now in yeah. this amazingly delicious pale ale. <laughs> yeah.
0: Well, it, it's, I mean that you're trying to raise public awareness. You're not trying to trick people, right? So that's the thing. No, exactly. You want them to know that that's what they're drinking, you know, um, I might, you know, just tell. I'll, I'll have my wife I'm like try that. What do you think of that? She's like, oh, that's really good. Then I'll tell her, but uh, I, I don't think so that she would mind.
2: <laughs> I'll leave that to you. Yes.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, cool, guys. Thank you so much for this. Oh, uh, one quick thing for Canal Convergence. Like, so if people want to do like the workshops or sign up for like speakers, is that all available through the website? Through canalconvergence.com. dot yeah. yeah. Okay. All right. Excellent. Anything else? Did we miss anything? Oh,
3: we're excited. I'm not, like, I,
2: all right, guys. Cool. Super excited. Eric, thank you so much for doing this. My thank pleasure. You.
0: My pleasure. Yeah. Thank you, guys. November 8th and 9th is the uh, the beer side of things, but November 8th through the 17th, Canal Convergence. Everybody go. Drink great beer. See cool stuff. Right? <laughs> awesome. Thanks, guys.
1: Thank
2: you.
0: Yeah. Guys, thanks for listening to this episode. Make sure you get out there. Hit up this event. Get to the brew tap rooms and try the beers. Spread the word. Let us know what you guys think about it. Hop that Easy is also part of the Hopped Up Network, which is a network of independent craft beer podcasts all across the country, spreading the word about great beer. So check them out, hoppedupnetwork.com, find yourself a new second favorite craft beer podcast. Always remember, stay awesome.
3: I'm so of the black tomasa and when Y cuando se va de casa, me triste me.